We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What are my parents? Yeah, do they care that you're dating a four and five-year-old? Oh, they love it because they can, like, talk about the 80s with him. Mm-hmm. But also so about, like, the moon I- landing? Just, like, random <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, love the Beatles. I was trying to think of something else in the 80s and I just couldn't. I was like, yeah, we're done with that bit. Um, You just jumped 20 years. (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. It's Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar. We're on Skype again. Damn. We're back. Yeah, we talked about it in the episode, but um, I found out people from my high school think I'm a lesbian, which is totally fine. Like, I that is not the issue for me. The issue is why they think that, which is because I was very nice to this guy's girlfriend and they thought I was trying to have sex with her, but really I was just trying to be nice to her because I know the boyfriend better. And I think a lot of times girls assume that if you're friends with their boyfriend, that you're going to try to like hook up with them or sleep with them. So I'm always super nice to the girlfriend being like, I don't want to hook up with your boyfriend. I want to be friends with both of you. Yeah. I think I I overcorrected it. You made her feel super comfortable very uncomfortable but in the worst (laughs) she thought I was trying to fuck her and I was like no I was just trying to be your friend and like it's so funny because Hannah and I talk about how like you know we get into the podcast and she's like yeah I thought you didn't like me I was like that's why I was being so nice to some people because I'm like people think I don't like them when I first meet them and then if I know their boyfriend I'm trying to be so nice to them so they don't think I'm like trying to hook up with their boyfriend And now I'm like, oh, everyone just thinks that I was trying to hook up with her. So it's like, there's no way to be nice. I think I'm just so desperate for people to like me that if you had approached me and done that kind of thing to me, I would have been over the moon. I I feel like it's a little bit narcissistic to be like, and Hannah was being like so nice to me. So clearly she wants to bang. Clearly she's trying to convert me. It's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, like she was engaged. So like, even if I was a lesbian, I would never hook up with someone who's engaged. Not only do they think I'm a lesbian, they think I'm a full-blown predator just because I'm being nice. And that's the whole thing that bothers me. I was like, I was just trying to be nice because I didn't want her to think I'm trying to hook up with her fiance who I dated in sixth grade. I was worried she thought that I was still in love with him because he was my last boyfriend at the time. 
So I was trying to be like, it's okay that we dated in sixth grade. We can still be friends. And now everyone assumed I was trying to fuck her. That's rough. So for the past like 10 years, I was concerned that I had hit on this like guy and that everyone thinks I'm so creepy. Not the case. The women think it. So apparently you're not giving out the right signs to the desired target. You make the women think that you're flirting and being creepy, but the guys are just getting nothing at all. (laughs) Yeah, but it just shows you like whatever you think in your head if you leave a party and you're like, oh God, I did this thing. Just know there's probably something else you did that you're not aware of and people are judging you for that. So whatever you think in your head, like, oh God, I think I said this weird thing. It's probably not that weird. I feel like anytime I send an email and then I read over it, I'm like that kind of seems a little rude or it seems like a little snippy. No one ever reacts to that, but then I'll say something like joking or just like, just kind of a flippant whatever. And someone's like, oh my God, wait, what does that mean? Or like, oh wait, like, were you serious about this? So it's the same exact thing. It's like, don't try, basically. That's the lesson. Don't try, either do whatever the hell you were going to do or just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) No, truly, but with emails too, I'm the same way. Like my friend, the, she gave me this advice. I was like, every time you write an email, go back and read it and take out every sorry you wrote. And I'll always take out two or three because I'm like, hey, sorry to bother you or like, sorry about this. And it's like, why am I apologizing by sending an email that needs to be done? Yeah. And so I never even thought of that, but you do have to look at it like objectively and be like, don't apologize too much. Don't thank someone too much. Just get to the point. And take out the exclamation points. Yes. <laughs> I go through, that's what I have to do. I have to go read through it. I'm like, okay, you get a max of two. So I have to decide where those make the most sense and where like, I need to be fun. I, Cause I'm always like, I don't want to seem too eager, but I also don't want to seem too cold. So you have to have, yeah. I think two is a good balance of two exclamation yeah. points in an email. Cause you're like, I'm really excited about this, but also let's get to the not that excited. Point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And emojis, forget emojis. Like I maybe if I have emojis in email, Every now, like a happy face or a winky face, sometimes, if I'm trying to communicate, I'm like, this is me being like sarcastic. Or if somebody wrote me like a douchey email, I will write a douchey email right back, but throw in a winky face because then it's just kind of letting them know. It's like, I wrote this in all professional language, but I can be a dick too. That's what that signifies to me. I've never sent a winky face in an email and I'm very thankful for that. You should probably keep that up. I've fucked myself over at this point. I can't go back. The winky face yes. is an exclamation point that's like, we're done here. It is. Maybe I will use that. Someone uh, DM me on Instagram and they asked me, they were like, can you give an update on big slippers? Because she, this girl who I met on Instagram, you know, how I meet all my friends. And uh, she was saying that she had the same thing happen to her. Like this guy, let me see if I can find it. So she goes, I listen to your podcast and then literally the exact same thing happened to me three days later. After a week of talking all day long and hanging out, the stupid fuck from Hinge just absolutely ghosted me for the past 24 hours when we had concrete plans for an actual date, like reservations and all. Well, she actually uh, had more solidified plans than I did. So she just said, anyway, men's are absolute trash and the damage they have done on my psyche is unreal. I have absolutely no idea what happened. So I'm going to conclude maybe he just had a girlfriend and sucks anyway. You should update the podcast next week if anything else significant happened with the slippers guy or did he just continue to be a dumb fuck with a terrible therapist? And the the uh, the short answer to that is he's continued to be a dumb fuck with a terrible therapist. But I met with my therapist Friday and she basically said a therapist would never say that. A therapist would never say you cannot meet a girl. 
she, my therapist was like, so he's lying to you or he is a terrible therapist. And either way, he's mentally unwell and you need to get away from that as far as possible. So I guess my only, I, there's no updates on that, but I have been feeling a lot better. I went to crazy town and now I'm back. Um, well, speaking of big slippers, I got you a present. Now that you're in such a great emotional place, I feel like it'll be much easier for you to wear this. I don't know if you can see it, but it says well, nah. You got me a shirt that says nah? Yeah. So big slippers ain't got nothing on that. That's so sweet. That is so sweet. <laughs> I love that shirt. I'm going to wear that fucking proud. I'm like, nah, bitch. I, I mean, I don't know what happened with this girl, but what I'm, my only suggestion would be just like, fuck that. And like, yeah. it's so hard in the moment to be like, whatever, move on. And I get it. Like, if you listen to the podcast last week, I'm literally crying. I'm not actually crying, <laughs> but like, I'm pretty upset. And now looking back, I'm like, I'm actually not upset at all. <laughs> Yeah, but it did take yeah, a week yeah, to be like, oh yeah, this is all crazy. Like this was a week of my life that's never going to affect me. I just feel like if you know that, like there's a difference between, oh, I chose the wrong person because I was like, I don't know, I went outside of what I typically go for. If you did that and it blew up in your face, then you're like, okay, let's just revert back. But if you're doing the right thing and you're actually paying attention to who you want to go on a date with and not just going out with anyone, like for this girl, if things were going well and she's like, I really like this person, this seems to be falling into place and it just doesn't work out. Yeah, she's probably right. The easiest thing to do is just be like, you know what? He's either got a girlfriend or something is fucked up. I really don't want to meet with that person anyway. Let me go back and meet the other person that's like him and just keep kind of soldiering on because otherwise you just get pissed off repeatedly at people being like children and there's a lot of those um my dad called me this week because he found my acid and vibrator why were they together <laughs> i don't know skylar do you not have a junk drawer i'm sorry do you not have a, <laughs> do you not have a drawer where you keep all your personals I'm just really organized. I feel like I would not want my acid and my vibrator commingling and creating like a situation. <laughs> I, so my dad called me cause he switched dressers in the basement that, I, you know, my apartment in the basement of my mom's yeah. mommy and daddy. And, uh, there at this point, it's like, you can't lie. Right. He didn't bring yeah. up the vibrator, but I'm like, well, it was next to it. So I just know my dad was just like, well, I know I don't need to ask her what this is. Talk about that. It, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, he goes, oh, yeah, I've taken a few trips to Chicago. And I was like, what? That is not a phrase, father. Was he, did he take the acid? I think he might have taken it before he called you. <laughs> it's funny because he said he threw it away. He no longer has it. He's like, I can't, as your father, give you this acid. And I was like, that's fair. But maybe you're right. And I had it because I was going to do it with the guy who gave me herpes. Like, that was our next date. And... I obviously I got herpes, so we kind of had a fallout. Um, Love it. My other friend was like, you know what's a good barometer for guys you date? If a guy wants to take drugs with you pretty quickly, probably shouldn't go out with them. Because big slippers never going to do mushrooms. Right. Plant the drug seed, but then hold out until date like seven or eight. Like, I want to do this, but not yet. If they really love drugs, but then learn to love you in the process... That's just a lifetime movie. Exactly. So, yeah, I lost my acid this weekend, but and I lost a shoe, but I did take mushrooms. And I got to say, if you're in D.C., the decriminalized mushroom game is fucking good. These mushrooms were so fun. It's like ecstasy, but you don't have to come down. Like, it's just, like, very fun, and you're, like, yeah. giggly, and it's just 
it was a really good time. But I guess what I'm saying is like mushrooms should be legal everywhere. And if you're in DC, order them online because they are available. Get on that game. Oh, okay. So the last thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, we talked about fetishes before. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring up another fetish I read about, which is called axolism. Have you heard of this? That sounds familiar, but. That's alarming. You think it sounds familiar because it is fucking an armpit. Ew. Okay. Then no. How does that (laughs) work? So you, I think you just kind of like close your armpit and a guy just kind of puts his dick into it. Imagine if it was really sweaty too. Yeah. And I'm like, who likes that? Athletes? Has to be. Who else would appreciate it? I don't know. People in like Arizona? I'm trying to think of like hot climates. (laughs) I bet in like Orlando, Florida, that's huge. Because you're just always like damp in some way. So... And in, in a damp climate with a yeast infection, you're like, just go for the armpit because it's just it's as just damp. Safer. It's easier. This will feel easier. better for the both of us. I was just like, how is this a fetish? Like, I could see maybe one, two guys trying it, right? But the fact I that mean, it's- you, How many options fetish. do you have for more than that? How many armpits are you working with? No, no. I'm saying like, I could see one or two I guys talk. being into it. But the fact that okay. it's fetish with a name is insane to me. What's the name again? Axelism. Hmm. Where did that come from? Right? I'm like, Axel. What is an axle? I didn't pay. I don't I guess your arm is on an axle because it's always swinging around. But I kind of want to try it. That would be easy if you're so tired. You'd be like, just hit him with the armpit. How? But you'd have to do it standing up. You can't do that laying down. You can do it laying down. If you're just laying down, he would have to get pretty close. But if you were laying down, you could just squeeze your armpit and fall asleep. You could be on your side, and then you could get on, on your phone hand. with the other hand. Yeah. And then a guy's just, like, fucking you from behind. Oh, my God. They must love people that, like, break their wrists or something and have slings. You're in the perfect position. I think you'd be too far out. It'd be, like, a hot dog in a hallway situation. Maybe. I broke my wrist a couple years ago, and I feel like mine was just, like, comfortably sitting here. Look at that. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. They're just scouring, like, post-op ERs. All, like snow any hospital near like a skiing or snowboarding place you're they're in. just like circling the yeah they're just like doing laps in the er just like yeah. what's up girl Anybody how done? you doing hitting them when their confidence is down you're like you think that sling is unfortunate let me tell you baby girl love it <laughs> that's my dream on a little bit of percocet and he's like he's in <laughs> literally I don't know I, I wouldn't be I mean obviously I think it's a weird fetish but I'm also like this is great for a lazy person like myself would be like oh fine yeah. just like hit it from the back and I just like squeeze my armpit tight and like be on Twitter I'm gonna ha- I don't want to google this but apparently I have a lot to learn Actualism porn oh now oh question is it the same for like behind the knee oh no I guess that'd be elbow never mind yeah I guess you can only do it in armpit there's no, like, leg equivalent. Yeah, I don't know how restrictive this is. Like, the rules. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how niche it is. I don't know if there are, yeah, exactly. Are there a lot of rules here? Do we have parameters? You know, is it, like, Christianity? Is, like, a blowjob sex? Right. Can you fuck an armpit? Is that sex? That's how half these fetishes come about anyway. They're like, we can't penetrate, but let's fuck you in the eye socket. Like, God loves <laughs> yeah. that. eye for an eye okay yeah that double chin looks great right now um okay well our guest today very funny comedian hannah burner she is on summer house which premieres february 5th she has a podcast called burning in hell she's so great she's just 
and a burner. Cool. Okay, well, so first of all, I want to ask you guys to please tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Go write a review. And I get it. Writing reviews fucking annoying. But that's the world we live in. So just go leave five stars. You don't even have to write anything. Actually, it would also be helpful if you wrote something, but you don't have to. Just tell your friends to listen. Don't make me start a Patreon. Don't fucking make me start a Patreon. So it premieres February 5th, and then you were there. Were you there all summer? So you were stuck. I don't want to say stuck, but you were quarantined in this house. Yeah, we were quarantined for two and a half months. Sorry, sorry. A month and a half. It felt like two and a half. It was <laughs> it was six weeks. Do you guys get sick of each other? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? No, but it's I like, think of like your family that you get along the best with. Being stuck in a house with them for six weeks, like you're going to kill each other. Yeah. There's like think no way not to. Exactly. So. And everyone's hooking up, right? I, it was very hard to follow, I gotta be honest. It gets confusing because also like after four years of a friend group, there's so much inter-exchanging webs of who's you know flirt with who touched who fingered who so. it doesn't get awkward ever i'm like i think about yes. with two guys in the same fraternity and it was weird still today it is weird so you were dating the british dude yeah. and british Dave. he was my season three i wasn't like emotionally ready for dating at that point and he was great he was a great like fun segue to get out of my like my ex was this like douchey american comic so i was like i'm just gonna date a random australian because nothing will remind me of him <laughs> and then I like had some space and then I started seeing like this good guy like a real good guy and then I met Luke and I was like <laughs> one after the other right you have to be like oh this is a great guy and now you're like oh now I need someone to ruin my life yes 100%, 100%. But now you're dating um oh yeah now I'm dating a comic again but he's like different because he's older his name's Des Bishop and he's like an, I an Irish comic he also like does some stuff in New York, but he's 45 and like we just hit it off really well. I was dying at your Instagram story because it was like the um, Jennifer Coolidge and uh, that <laughs> the old guy. I didn't know how old your boyfriend was, but I knew he was older than you and I was crying laughing. Well, he has gray hair. So, and also like press has been so funny. They're like, so what's it like dating a guy who's 45? So Us Weekly asked me actually, and I was like, it's scary. Like he can die at any minute. <laughs> And then, like, what do they want me to say? And then the headline today came out, and it was like, Hannah's worried her boyfriend is going to die. <laughs> so I was like, that's hilarious. But it's like, he has gray hair, and people make a big deal of it. I was like, I'm turning 30. That means guys who are my age in their 30s are going to be emotionally immature compared to, like, a girl. That's just oh, how yeah. it is. They have squirrel brains. So do the math. I need a dude in my 40s. Not what do that you I'm so say about that? What are my parents? Yeah, do they care that you're dating a 45-year-old? Oh, they love it because they can, like, talk about the 80s with him. Mm -hmm. But also so about, like, the moon I landing? Just, like, random facts? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Love the Beatles. I was trying to think of something else in the 80s, and I just couldn't. I was like, yeah, we're done with that bit. Um, you just jumped 20 years. <laughs> but also he was just born during the moon landing. I don't think he was even alive. <laughs> but, no, my parents, honestly, my like, this is the first time I'm, like, not worried about you. Like, you're not with a kid. Like, I'd be with other guys, and they'd be like, so, you know, what do you like to do? Like, they would talk to them, like, he's an idiot. And now he just seems like a man. And <laughs> a grown like, man. Yeah. You guys are living together, right, in the Hamptons? We, yeah. After Summer House, after, like, two weeks, I was, like, I was in Shelter Island. He was in West Hampton. He kind of was, like, it wasn't romantic. It wasn't, like, will you move in with me? He was, like, so you might as well stay and I was like are you asking me and he's like 
well, do you want to? And I was like, but do you want to? Like, you know, you want him to want you to. And right. I couldn't tell if I was, because I couldn't imagine a guy actually is like, can we just commit as hard as we can right now? But we both realized, like, if we're going to do it, you might as well, like, try it out early. People are like, oh, I want to wait to see if, I want to wait to move in because I don't want to, it's like burst into flames. It's like, no, I want to see if it bursts into flames ASAP so I can, like, fail and fail fast. Yeah. He's also dying because he's 45. He's literally You're on borrowed time here. You yes. Expedite that timeline a but little bit. But it's true. When you date a guy who's older, like, he's not like, ooh, but I want to see, like, tits on my phone and, like, go out and, like, drink with, like, random whoever. Like, he did that shit. He doesn't even care about tits anymore. And he has no kids. <laughs> no, that's the wild thing. He has no kids and no ex-wife. Awesome. I feel like, is that not scary? Yeah, no, I totally just bring him like, on here. We're like, why don't you have kids or an ex-wife, sir? hundred percent. He's like taking a nap. That's like older men do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's taking a nap at seven o'clock at night? Is he going to go back to sleep in an hour? No, it's like a steady like nap sleep. Once it's like eight, it's like he's out. So that's why like we're living together, but I have like all my alone time. Then he has alone time from like 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Oh, because you have millennial hours and he has baby boomer hours. Exactly. Nice. And, but he's a comedian. Is that how you met? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually saw him perform at the cellar like five years ago before I was even doing comedy and thought he was very hot, but he talked about how he was in Ireland all the time. So I'm like, also, I wasn't going to talk to him anyway. Let's be honest. I wasn't going to be like, oh, <laughs> he, um, he started following me, I guess, because we started having mutual friends and I assumed he like wanted me on his podcast or something. And then he slid into my DMs during quarantine while I was living with my parents and five cats. And he said, um, do you want to grab a drink? a coffee in Sag Harbor and I was like sure and then we just like hit it off and I was like okay <laughs> yeah because I, I was like I feel like when we talked at the beginning you weren't dating anyone no I was like talking to like ex-football players on Raya like it was bad I was in a bad place that doesn't sound like a bad place at all no it was bad because they're like they have like CTE we have to raise awareness for that and it's just they're lost they have no idea what's going on and they like don't really have the body they used to it's, but if they still have money, it's like, I delete my Raya because I wasn't meeting, I was meeting bouncers. And I was like, <laughs> what, what there are I a lot of like artists and founders, which I don't love. Yeah. Actually, I did see your boyfriend on there before you guys started dating. You know, so funny. <laughs> he said he saw me, but I never saw him. And then I realized he just wasn't in my age range. <laughs> Crack the code. But I love that your age range is appropriate for you. Is it appropriate? I think it's just desperate. I think it's more desperate than appropriate. I think, I'm just I, like, think I had mine up to like 37 or something. Like I was like envisioning like the perfect age when it's like, calm down. Yeah, it's hard to, um, I think the thing with age is like you expect someone to be mature, but in New York guys are like, no matter what age they are, there's absolutely no gauge for maturity. No, like, there's no like, oh, he's 40. So he clearly is married and has kids. It's like, no, he probably has no age that determines that he has it together. I mean, now it's like you guys are serious so quick and you're like adopting dogs yeah. together. I'm like, how do you do you're like on summer house, but I guess it's only I guess only six weeks, but still, but you're doing the Bravo chat room and you're living oh, yeah. with this man and you're adopting dogs. I'm like, what the fuck does Hannah ever sleep? I guess your boyfriend <laughs> sleeps for both What's of so you. funny is like, all I do is sleep. Like, I love, it's like a problem. Like, my boyfriend, like, went to my parents and was like, does Hannah have a sleeping problem? They were like, yes. But I bet, like, my depression is sleep. Or, like, when I get anxious or overwhelmed, like, I'm just like, I'm going to sleep. So it's like, when I'm not sleeping, I am hyper, I'm pretty getting my shit done, but I can go a long time sleeping. 
Yeah, because you just charge that battery and you're back at it. 100%. But yeah, it's so funny. When anyone who's dating, it's like, there's no like tricks of the trader. I used to want to like actually like, trick guys into like seeing who I really was and how I was so perfect for them. And it's like, nee, 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 nee. every sign is a legit sign that someone isn't the right fit for you. The first time I met Des, I was like, mad at my dad because he was like late to dropping me off because he like had a tea time which is like the most like hampton stupid problem and i was like dad i'm trying to find the love of my life and you have a fucking tea time so i get in the car and i was just like bitching about my dad and then des goes at least your parents are alive and he just like makes a dead parent joke like two minutes into the day and i was like oh, i love his sense of humor I just felt very comfortable with him immediately. I was complaining about my dad, which is like not even me. Like I actually, I've been getting along with my dad recently and I just realized like the right person, they will really, you won't feel like you have to perform or be a type of way with them. And then that comfortability makes you realize like, oh, there's someone that could be in my life for a long time. Cause like, I don't need them, but like, I want them because I have my shit going on. And, um, I just feel like all the times when people message me all the time, like, should I text this guy back? Or like, this guy ghosted me and now he's messaging me. Like, what do I do? It's like, you guys know what to do. It's like me with that guy, Luke. Like, I know he was not husband material. I clearly can trust the man, but I was indulging in it. But then it's like, when you meet the right person, like you just fucking know. And I, and it sounds so corny, but like, you know, but it's like, when you hit it off with a friend, you immediately are just like, this is my kind of person that I want to just do nothing with. Yeah, I I do agree with that. I just have yet to find that mutually. But it's good to hear yeah, that. Yeah. And but also like when you're focusing on yourself and like what makes you happy, then like I feel like the right people fall into your life, but it's so easy to like be on the hunt. And it's like when you're forcing and hunting, I feel like you just get yourself in a lot of different situations you don't need to be in. Speaking from experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I'm not saying don't try. I'm saying like just keep putting yourself out there in an authentic way. And like the second you feel like you have to try, like force it at all, it's like, ugh, I don't have time for that. It's not good for your mental health. Do you have an example of like a bad experience? I've had just like, I'm single till I was 29 and I dated a decent amount. So it's like everything was, you can consider like a failure ended badly. But every dude I learned like what I really liked about them and what I realized like I cannot deal with. I mean, I've dated guys who are narcissists, obviously in the industry. (laughs) (laughs) Where like you said comedian earlier. I was like, yeah, that's hand in hand. I mean like so charming and you know, so fun and everyone loves them. But then when you're with them, you're like, why do I not feel good about myself around you? And then you're like in this chase to get their affection. You're like, we've been together for six months and I feel like more calm with my friends than you and yeah on paper it looks good but like I actually I don't we're not connecting and it's hard when the guy's tall to like tell that to yourself but you have to um I've been dated- Colin has a nice car or like an apartment of his own you're like I can handle this yeah if he lives alone you're like mm, maybe three more months you know I had a joke that yeah the amount of inches a guy is above six feet is the amount of months I'll stay with him after discovering he's a trash human being that's just math guys simple math Gage. But um, I have, like, a lot of pride when dating, though. So, like, if I f- sense a little bit that he's pulling away, like, I'm done. Like, I won't try for it or, but, like, I'll never do that. And I thought in the past, like, have I, like, lost out on miscommunication just because I move on so quick? But it's, like, I actually think it was just me listening to my gut and trying to be, like, super self-disciplined and, like, trying to come out with the W regardless of what happened. But relationships are not competition which is something else I was learning that like you just want to find someone who's your teammate 
you have each other's back regardless of everything. I think I just started being like disgustingly, annoyingly myself and then like saw what it attracted. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I'm super happy for you, but also it's hard to hear, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, you lucky bitch. No, it's, it is disgusting. Like I never wanted, I don't even like dogs. I'm a cat person, but now I'm like adopting pit bulls. <laughs> That's how you know your friends like in love when like they're a cat person and they're like promoting pit bull adoption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm like seeing a different side to myself that's like wants to like cook dinner for a dude, which I mean, I still don't clean. I would never do that. But like, yeah, like decorate my bedroom, like decorate it nice or like get a photo of us. Like it's so corny and gross, but it like we did a Christmas tree together. And I, I, I'm the kind of person that would be like, I wouldn't even get one for myself. Like I'm like, this is stupid. I don't understand the tradition. Now I'm like, oh, it is kind of cute to like go and pick a tree together and I'm like ah! but it's like just part of like human nature to want to be like creating experiences with someone also I think society and the media make it like it's this magical crazy connection that like you just like get hit with love and it's insane it's like no it's literally the person that is easiest to decide what you want to eat tonight with that you like still want to have sex with that like you don't get annoyed with that's not romantic but that's actually like what it is no, totally. I mean, my I'm hanging out with my friend from high school. I've been staying at her apartment. We do have that relationship where we don't get sick of each other and we hang out all the time. I was like, God, if only you were a guy. Like, I do see how people do get in relationships where it's like, it's just truly your best friend. But friendships really are relationships. Like, friendship breakups are sometimes harder than normal breakups. Like, oh, yeah. people who can navigate their friendships well, I think, do eventually, like, find the right romantic stuff because it's work. You have to, like, have boundaries it's it's pretty similar except your romantic partner it's like a lot more like self-esteem involved and like pride and shit like that but what I found right now is just like super super just like I don't have to convince him to like me (laughs) and you also shouldn't have to I know I know but I always feel like there's like a guy and you're like he's so hot like I want him to like me and it's this whole chase and game and whatever like I was very I was into the games I'm not gonna lie I like the game I like pretending I didn't like it I like being into it and now I'm just like well let's do crossword puzzles (laughs) and talk about what we're gonna make for breakfast tomorrow wow you are turning 45 crossword (laughs) puzzles that's the first thing you came up with we do crossword puzzles I love that though. My mom did say that too to me. She because I was like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna meet anyone. She's like, Well, if you have girlfriends, you can have a boyfriend. I just like don't have boyfriends, so like it's a little alarming. But when you have good friendships, it's possible to have a relationship. But it's kind of hard to see because I feel like all my good girlfriends don't have boyfriends. So everyone's like, Are we the problem here? Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I also think with the guys that it's not working with, it's been so informative for me to like decide that I can truly open up with this guy like I think I've actually had walls up a lot and I seem because I'm very open like it's vulnerability but in a relationship like it's not actually vulnerable when you like spill your guts to everyone like vulnerability is really being like I like you and I would like never give that to a guy yeah I think after learning like okay I don't want a guy who's controlling I don't want a guy who like talks about his ex-girlfriends a lot I don't want a guy who's like obsessed with working out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to think of I don't want a guy who's OCD I want a guy whose love language is quality time like they just want me around all the time I want a guy who something happens in a room we make eye contact and we both have like the same reaction and we like can like talk with our eyes like I knew what I wanted so then when after I like got through a lot of frogs 
when I saw him, I was like, let's just see what happens if I'm just like, whoa, and he caught me. But so wait, are you getting married this year? This is what the conversation <laughs> I mean, I'm like. talking like that, and that's, I mean, it's very jinx-worthy of me, but it will make a great podcast next year that oh, comes on to be like, this is how we murdered each it. other. <laughs> yeah. This I'll, is I'll, why I'll, I cut I'll give a quote to the off. New York Post. <laughs> but yeah, she a was weekly. really He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. What was she putting in his popcorn? She was salting that extra, just raising his cholesterol all day by day. <laughs> I mean, that's what's nice about it is because you're both comedians. Because I feel like you are very open. And I was watching the Summer House, and I love it because uh, you were like, I had sex with this person. It was like a montage of you talking about how you've had sex with people, and I'm the same way. But your parents don't care, right? Like, because your grandmother is like a thought and I say that in the nicest way possible she's like she is a thought and she's just like an Instagram influencer who posts inspirational quotes while just like showing off her body (laughs) she's hilarious and an inspiration um at Nana still got it it. you guys should follow her but um I will I think it goes but I was a tennis player from age eight to like 22 and I mean like only tennis that's the only thing that mattered and my parents went through like a lot of ups and downs of like the intensity of it of like getting a scholarship and like rankings and sponsorships and it was just like very intense like I was always crying lots of highs and lows it's similar to comedy in a way but it was like a family thing because they were like paying for my lessons and travel so after tennis I quit like not necessarily because I didn't want to because I wasn't like good enough to play professionally. I knew it would be really hard and that just that I didn't, it wasn't making me happy anymore. So my parents got to the point where they were just like, we just want you to find happiness and like remember who that Hannah was when she was younger. And like, I've always been an athlete, but I also always had a very goofy creative side to me. And like, they're just kind of overjoyed that I've found a career that makes me happy. And like, I'm the same way on a podcast as I am with them. (laughs) <laughs> like I get my people are like oh you're what your parents think it's like where do you think I came from like <laughs> I am my parents like my dad is hilarious and no filter witty funny and then my mom is just has a great sense of humor my dad had to watch me have sex on tv well like I got eaten out on tv and he uh, just laughed yeah he laughed like I was like making noises like la 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 and he's like I'm trying to watch a show why are you stu- singing that song and I'm like because you don't want to hear me orgasm right now <laughs> This is going on your failure. What is your brother doing? He just like has oh, Beats headphones on. My brother actually is the one person in the family who like roll his eyes and is like, don't get me involved in hands bullshit. But every now and then, like someone at his work will be like, hey, is your sister in summer house? And he'll be like, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't like co-sign anything I do. He's just like, don't do something stupid. I'm worried for you. My brother's like more worried for me where my parents are like, we're so happy. You're just so free right now. And <laughs> Just doing your thing, pay your rents, and just be happy. So that's what I was going to ask, too, is because, like, you're a comedian doing Summer House. I feel like you've taken reality and made it successful for a comedian. You've positioned yourself as a comedian, and now you're doing Bravo Showroom. You've done it in such a smart way that I'm like, I couldn't be on a reality show because I would literally just be (laughs) so embarrassing that people would be like, I would just be villainized because I'm an idiot. (laughs) I'd be like the dumb fucking idiot. It's a 
stay in the line. Like I could be the villain next next week. Who the fuck knows? It's funny. I was talking to some other comics about it, and they were like, "I can never do reality TV." Or someone did it, and they were just like, "My humor didn't come across." And like, it's funny because first season, it actually looks like I don't really talk a lot, but it's because like when I was talking, it was not related to any important like story going on. It was like we'd be sitting down, and I'd be like, "What's the deal with this enchilada, huh?" And like, obviously, it was gonna be cut. And then I started to realize like how it works. But um, it means a lot that you even said that because I feel like sometimes I get paranoid, like, oh, I got into comedy. Like, I definitely have been given opportunities because I went through this reality TV world. Obviously, it's like lucky that I got on reality TV, but I'm like constantly trying to strive to be like, okay, how do I utilize this in the best way possible? But you also, I think, can do reality TV a little too much where it's always like oh and am I now put in that box and like I just never want to put in be put in a box in any way like the real world road rules challenge people that have like been doing that since 1998 and they're, like, and they're fucking great at it I know but, but like Theo Vaughn was real world he does not like to associate with that but that is actually how I know who Theo Vaughn was yeah. because yeah. his confessionals on real world were the funniest fucking things and my cousin and I were obsessed with this guy so then like years later I'm at the comedy store I'm like this is the love of my life from real world. And he is so funny and managed to like change his whole thing by doing a podcast. He's, no, he's very inspirational. And I love when it's like people who like, I think I talked to you about this. Um, who's the guy who does the funny raps? Um, Dave. Oh yeah. So Dave. And just how like, he didn't do stand up or anything, but he just had such a knack for like writing and writing funny music. And next thing you know, he like has a sitcom and like, it's awesome. I just feel like, Nowadays with technology, there's so many different ways to get like the spotlight in some way. But then it's like, once you get the spotlight, you got to do something with it. Yeah. But it is scary. Like as a comic, imagine if like someone was following you with a camera, just being funny the whole day with occasional not funny stuff. And then it's like doing a special, but you don't edit it. And whoever's editing it isn't trying to make you look funny necessarily. So that's kind of like how I feel sometimes where I'm just like, <laughs> you like do the setup and punchline real fucking quick so they can't cut it off. <laughs> but I also like the show, I show a lot of my vulnerability and I didn't go in necessarily to be like, I want to show that like I can be like a funny or like a host or like a good talent or an actress. I wanted to go in just being like, I'm not perfect. And I'm not going to try to be perfect because that's when you look like a real asshole on television. And I'm just going to like make mistakes that I'm inevitably going to make and then see, have people watch how I try to fix my mistakes. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's a little depressing. Sometimes it's like annoying. But I think the only thing I can promise, I can't always promise that the episode will be funny or witty, but it's always like pretty authentic. Like I don't, I wear everything on my sleeve. My, my boyfriend actually was like, go in this season and like be like neutral, like calm strong neutral I can't yeah. <laughs> I, I walked it I can't but it is like dating in that in a reality show where it's like you just have to truly be yourself you're not a bad person so even if a joke doesn't like necessarily land it's not like I don't know I just feel like it's smart that's actually a really good comparison in terms of like love and this it's like I can't control it and as someone who has anxiety who like is type a and I, I wish I could control everything and I've I've just realized like when you focus on the moment and focus on enjoying the moment and what this brings Hannah joy, because it's hard to be like, be yourself. So I always be like, well, what makes me happy? Because like being yourself is fucking complicated. Yeah. Especially when I like, cut a clip and everyone judges me as that like three minutes, that's how I'm going to be. So I just, I'm like, I can't control it. I'm going to do what makes me happy. And 
for everyone that like might hate on it. I just hope that I can like connect with some people. And in that connection, you can find comedy. Even if it's dramatic on the show, then I could like go on a podcast and be like, yeah, has anyone ever been gaslit like crazy? And then laugh about like all the times it's happened. So it's really just like my life on steroids (laughs) no truly but it's also I think a lot of comedians you so my friend um Chad goes deep I don't know if he's on yes so we started together and we started doing open mics I'd always be like oh this guy's funny his jokes are really funny he goes yeah but when you watch someone be like could I watch this person for an hour so it's not necessarily like if you can write a joke that's great but if if their personality do you want to hang out with them for an hour because they're really talking about their life so I think in this sense, it like helps you a lot because people feel like they really know you, even if it's not, even if it's edited. It's interesting though, with reality TV, they always said like, when I first went on, I got some advice and they were like, just like take a strong stance on things. Like either people love you or hate you. You don't ever want people to be like, wait, who? Mm-hmm. So like, and that's what it is with stand up. Like you don't ever want to be that comic who like does well, but at the end when people are like, what'd you think? They're just like, never mention your name. Like you at least won't be mentioned. Like, oh, that girl was out there. At least they're talking about you. And at least you like affected someone and made them feel something. So I came in just, I'm never neutral. I've never been neutral in my life. <laughs> and <then> just, <laughs> but they like rotate people, right? Don't they rotate people yeah. and out? Yeah. So, so if you get the gauntlet, it's like shit. <laughs> I know. No, I know. Well, that's the hard thing about it is you're not in control ever. And it's kind of like a friend group that like, Sometimes you're afraid, like, if I, like, get too mad at these people, like, could I do this again? Because we have to be getting along. Like, I'm not going to want to go again if I, like, fucking hate everyone. But I've, like, gained some really authentic friendships from the show because we go through these, like, wild experiences together. It's, like, a real bonding experience. But also, I have to think of my career as, like, I always assume I'm going to get fired from something at any time, especially during the pandemic. And as you know, like, gigs are... They, they come all different times so it's like I just try to have like multiple sources of revenue I try to be like okay I have my podcast I try to have my Instagram I have a wow way to brag Hannah you're like <laughs> your incoming source of revenue your podcast your Instagram oh yeah I have those as well not making money though thank you <laughs> thanks for bringing that up <laughs> I'm like I'm sing- I'm doing teamy tea or teamy blend on Instagram um sunglasses <laughs> whatever the bachelor people are doing is what I'm up to. But it's like, I just want to like try to make money in as many different sources as possible. So like when I get fired from whatever, <laughs> I know that I have something to fall back on. Cause I also feel like if you put too much pressure on one thing in this like creative industry, you can like crack and not be your authentic self with it. But when you know, like, you know what, this is part of me, but it's not all of me. I'm able to be like a little freer. A hundred percent. Even when I'm doing auditions, I kind of like when I'm stressed or tired because yeah. I'm like, putting pressure on an audition. Like, oh, I have to nail this. I'm like, fuck, I'm so tired. I'm pissed about this guy. Like, let's just fucking do it. Cause then I'm not overthinking it. It's, it's just- so funny how like, if you have nothing to do, but one thing, like one podcast, that day it like stresses me the fuck out but if I had like four things I wouldn't even think about the podcast (laughs) just how your mind plays tricks on you I know I signed up for a UCLA writing class and it's like when I have a shit ton of stuff to do I can do it but like last week I literally had nothing to do and I just didn't do it because I was like (laughs) I don't know bored I I, it's weird you like have to mentally prepare I'm like I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna write for hours and then Mm -hmm. you're like masturbating not you but like I'm like that that's my issue with working from home. I'm like, how are we going to go back and I'm just going to bring my vibrator into the office? That's not going to work. <laughs> or maybe they'll evolve now. There's hand sanitizer everywhere and then like little, yeah. you know, naps slash 
masturbation pods. Google probably has that in their office. Oh, totally. <laughs> I would love to see the sexual harassment charges on that. Like, well, <laughs> masturbating to you. I was just masturbating to relieve stress. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing that you're doing right now? I'm actually, um, I started a podcast with my friend Paige from Summer House called Giggly Squad which um the merch it's yes oh yeah i'm wearing some of the merch so it stemmed from the first episode of season four when like we are hammered it's like 8 p.m but we got there at like three and it's the first dinner and like kyle is going on this like long speech about like how he's like the greatest fiance ever he made a little comment like most fiances aren't as great as me and i just like had to laugh like it wasn't in a mean way i just was like this is hilarious and then we got the giggles as one does and he basically like lost it and he at one point was like why are you hanging out with the giggly squad so my deviant mind after getting yelled at he told me he's like fuck you hannah like all this crazy shit and i'm just like stay calm because that is genius giggly squad so then i took that name <laughs> and we started doing instagram lives for giggly squad we called it giggly squad and then like now we have a podcast with it and it's like just me and my friend shooting the shit about entertainment pop culture summer house and dating just like me and my best friend so because it was like you see us on tv reality tv and people yeah. have their friendship and i was like do they want to hear us just like if they were in the bed with us like the whole time we talk a lot of shit in bed not like we're having orgies in bed so, like, <laughs> i believe it so, like you, you know you see someone on tv and you're like oh i like their friendship and then it's just like we're giving them a little more authenticity of like what we're really like as friends so yeah, Giggly Squad is super fun for me because it's very like organic and Paige is not like a podcaster by any means, but she just, we naturally have good chemistry and she's, and I'm like proud of her for getting out of her comfort zone because she's like a fashion girl. But like when she's with me, a different side of her comes out where she's quite goofy and doesn't take herself very seriously. So it's been fun. And then you see other girls hit you up about like, oh, I'm the Hannah, I'm the Paige. It just makes you feel less alone during quarantine. She's great. But I do like on the show that she's like, uh, they sell you, or not sell you guys, that sounds uh, dirty. <laughs> but like the way they present it was like, oh, Paige is into fashion, or like Hannah did tennis, and now she's a comedian. Like they really do set you guys up as like who you are and these real people. Like I auditioned for The Bachelor, and they're like, you can't say you do comedy. You have to come up with a different thing. Because reality shows, they don't really like actors, you know? It's funny because when they first I never like wanted to be on reality TV I actually was like scared of reality TV but I loved watching it but then they told me that it was about people who work hard during the week and they'll show your job and then they show you partying on the weekends and something about it I was like hmm I could start a podcast so like it all started with burning in hell and I was I wasn't even doing stand-up yet it was once Burning and Hell got a little heat, like some clubs were like, would you like to do a live pod? And then I was like, well, I have been writing some jokes. And then I kind of started through my live pod doing my stand-up sets and then eventually like doing longer sets. But it was like not initial plan for me. And I do think what's great about Summer House is they're able to like plug me a little, but you can't force it. Like I did film um, a show at Gotham Comedy like last season and like just didn't air. And it was like a big production. And I was like hoping it would because I wanted to show that I was starting to do stand up and it didn't. But like I was I was fine with it. I was manifesting. But it's like you just have to keep working hard and you can't control Do you still get the footage? Can you still use that footage? No. That's annoying. But it's but that's just like what the entertainment is because it's a it's a ensemble cast. Like I'm not it's not like the Hannah show. 
Um, even though sometimes you guys think it is, you're like, I'm upset. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you just have to like keep grinding and like feeling. The show's a lot about like feeling. You just have to like express your feelings, which was hard at first. But yeah, you know, I, I honestly did not think any of those men were straight. And then you guys were all fucking them. If you've ever been stuck in a house with a bunch of dudes, Andy Cohen would look fucking like <laughs> I would fuck Andy Cohen at that point. Like it is like a, a coworker crush situation. Like you're, you know, by the pool and you're looking around. You're like, who's going to give me attention? Like you'll end up fucking anything. So do you feel like you have to get ready? I mean, you have a really good body, but I was just like, I don't know if I could do this show because I would be like, fuck, I have to train to like sit by the pool and like talk about my pussy. <laughs> People call me, like, the relatable one on the show, and I always joke, like, oh, so you think I'm ugly? Like, I mean, like, I'm not the hot one. I think people look their hottest at their natural body weight. I've been super skinny. I've been a little overweight. And, like, I really think when I'm, like, healthy is my best because I'm not about to go through, like, the stress of a reality show while also starving myself. Like, I don't need that. Like, life is too short for that. I mean, my first season, you see I, like, gained 10 pounds throughout because I'm not used to, like, inhaling that much alcohol that consistently. (laughs) Yeah, it's like freshman 15, but, like, sped up in a summer. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then you have these weird angles, obviously, where I've never, I don't want to see my body from, like, the cameras, like, below you going up of you standing. Like, I probably just farted in the pool. It's something that, like, yeah, I can't control it. So, like, I really don't, I try not to care about it. The only thing I care about is getting, like, a decent tan. Because, like, tanning? that changes you like weight like whatever people love women of all sizes tan it you can't argue like a good tan you're a different human Mm -hmm. so I get like either spray tan or make sure I get a good tan and then my mom always makes me get a haircut because she doesn't like my split ends and then I try to shave my legs as often as possible yeah I would just feel like the pressure is on like I would be worried about like toilet paper hanging off my butt like I don't like being in at a pool in my underwear I can't imagine there being cameras there and be like all right now go play in the pool go to the bathroom and come back and be clean as hell when I feel gross I try to be like this is empowering for someone like I literally am that much of a narcissist that I'll try to be like me sitting here with like rolls right now and bloat someone's gonna feel better about themselves seeing it on tv and I'll be like, this is good. Or like, I'll have no makeup on. Everyone else is full face. And I like, just don't want to put it on. And I'm like, you know what? More people have to see women with no makeup on television. So I'll just like trick myself. Like I'm like fucking Mother Teresa. <laughs> I like being just my like raw, disgusting self. But I really do think we need to normalize a lot. Like you need to see more women on TV who are just like size like eight to 12. Like why does it have to be like full curve model or like a runway model? Like whatever happened to just like a good bloat? Yeah, I met with an agent before I moved to New York. I met with an agent in like the Valley in LA and he was just like, you're at a weight that's like, you're not hot, but you're not like fat enough to be funny. So you either need to gain 10 or lose 15. And I was like, well, I see where you put me on the scale here. I got to gain 10 or lose 15. So I'll never forget that because I was like, what does that even mean? And like, I don't have- They can't type past you as like the funny fat friend. Yeah, but I can't like, be like the hot girl. Yeah, exactly. So it was just so I was like, okay. Uh, and then I moved to New York. So I was like, fuck. Skinny <laughs> in LA is like a no. whole different thing. <laughs> it's also I had a friend who was like a plus size model. And they were like, you need like bigger boobs and like a smaller butt. And she's like, what? That's not how bodies work. You can't just like change your ratios. But it was like she's a plus size model without like really big boobs. And she had flat chest and they were like, then this isn't plus size enough for us. But I try to be like going on the show, like 
what makes the housewife so funny is because they're all trying to come off as like perfect wealthy happy successful people when they're not and then like you watch it unravel and for some reason they think each season they're gonna like come off better when it's like no like your life's gonna unravel embrace it so I came in just kind of being like let's unravel this shit and like see what happens yeah do the housewives think that or are they just like at this point I gotta collect another paycheck how do you go into season 25 and you're like, this is my season to come well, they, they're It's kind of like Madonna. Like, there's always, like, comebacks or, like, transformations. I mean, like, Dorit has, like, a completely different face now. And, like, Luann had some tough shit and now she's, like, a fan favorite. So it's, like, at any time, like, people forget shit quickly. That's how the news cycle works, especially with reality TV. So it's, like, Hannah's back and she is the new Bob and she's feeling herself and suddenly like you're a new person or like she has a new boyfriend and she's confident and it's like let's be honest everyone no one's really changed <laughs> yeah and so is Paige your best friend in the house then I guess can you say that no yeah she 100% is and it's funny because we are actually pretty different just in general but it makes us like she thinks it's adorable that like I don't care about the things that she cares a lot about like I will get so mad if, like, someone, I feel like someone is wronging me or, like, insults me or, like, goes by my back. Like, I'm Sicilian. I'm very, like, I'll never forget these things. Where Paige is, like, if she copies my outfit, she's dead to me. I'm, like, you don't care that she, like, said all these terrible things and spread rumors about you? And she's, like, no. But if she were to copy my outfit. So, like, we have different priorities. (laughs) (laughs) I used to get in trouble for that because I don't know what to wear. So I'd copy people's outfit all the time. She, well, she's saying, like, she doesn't like when people copy outfits without acknowledging it. Like, especially if you're, like, in her friend group, like, I love when you wore this bandana. I'm obsessed with that. I just bought it. And she'd be like, yes. Because she wants to, like, inspire people. But she hates when people act like it's, like, a new look. Because she's like, I came up with that. This is me just speak, speaking for her. But it's fascinating because these things never cross my mind in a given day. We're both messy, too, which is, like, in a good way. As in, like, our friendship would have ended real early if one of us was a stickler. Like we, when we were living together this summer, we'd order food in and we would just eat in bed. And once I like dropped like honey or something on the floor and my mind decided I'm just going to put a tissue on it. And that tissue with honey was there for weeks um, and no one cared. There might've been a couple ants. Because you guys share a room. Yeah, we share a room. We, I think we bonded just because like we were both scared when we first came in. And then like we realized we have a similar sense of humor and just like, she's my person that after a day I look at her and it's hard because like throughout like you don't know what conversations she's had with people and you don't know like necessarily if you can like trust everyone all the time but like at the end of the day we always come back to each other and like we've had lots of up and down ups and downs but like we've just survived and so- that says something I think yeah. yeah does she have a boyfriend now or no she's single I saw that she wants to have kids by the time married and kids by the time she's 30 I was like how old is she I thought she was our age but I guess she's younger She's one year younger than me. She's 28. I mean, that's a lofty goal, but <laughs> I mean, it, it could happen, you know? I think she was 26 when she said that. Uh, but I don't know. You met someone pretty quick. And uh, if you get married, have a child soon. It's so funny because I, I actually, we lost one of our foster dogs. Thank goodness they were found. But I was like, I don't know if we're ready for children. Granted, the toddler would not like run as fast as that dog did, but... <laughs> I also have come to the first, I never, I always wanted a family, but I never really thought about it. Like, it's like, I've never, I want a wedding, but I never like thought about it. And now I'm like thinking of those, those things a little, but I'm in this place where I literally was like, if I have a kid, I still want to travel. Like, I'm just like so hungry right now to like 
to establish my career a little because I'm really fairly new to like the entertainment world and I like you know I got on summer house it's been about like a year or two years that's crazy but I, wa- I want to have like a little more time of like growing and creating and I'm afraid a kid would kind of stunt it but then again you know mommy comedy is pretty fun <laughs> there you go while your kid an asshole and everyone's like oh. <laughs> yeah you gotta be pregnant and have a special then it'll be like yeah Netflix some fun sure. glasses <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I just want to, I don't want to date. I don't want to deal with all it. And I don't want to carry the child. I, yeah, I want to be a dad, which is an issue, but you never know where technology will be. That's true. Every year. Do your parents put pressure on you to have kids? No, but it's also nice that my brother is younger and he's already engaged and like they're going to have kids. So I never worried about it. Um, But I do know that when I have kids, like my mom has to be very helpful because I want to be like the husband in the relationship. But that's why it's great dating an older dude because he's like, honestly, like, I've done shit in my career. Like, I'll stay on with the kids. I'm like, yes, that's what I want. But when you're dating these, like, hungry, like, 29-year-olds who are insecure with themselves, like, then you have to do all the work. Yeah, Yeah, then you already have kids. Exactly. (laughs) I would love a stay-at-home daddy. I mean, I pitch myself. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be the sugar mama, even if I'm not. Even if I'm fucking broken, I'm the sugar mama. And if you're cool with that, I will spoil the shit out of you one day. And you, some guys, like, even if they're not naturally good at cooking or cleaning, like, they want to please you and, like, it becomes fun. Like, you can kind of train them a little. But you also have to give your side of the shtick. But I just think that relationships, like, you cannot have the dynamic not be too equal. I'm very into, like, equal power dynamics. But your parents are still married, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that... I they're like- annoying. They're, like, um, so in love. They're, like, flirt and shit. So I had really high standards. Me too. So- I, yeah, I always say I'm a rich kid of love. I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't think I have to work for anything. I don't think I have to change myself. Like, I don't need to go to therapy. No. You find me, bitch, and then we'll be perfect. But that's not, it's entitlement well, to, it's like, funny. this relationship. In quarantine, my mom finally was like, so you're 29 or single. Do you think there's something you might have to work on? And I was like, mom, I didn't, like, fuck it up with one of my exes. There wasn't, like, one that got away. Like, I literally haven't met the right person. I remember, like, yelling at her about it. I was like, I haven't met the person, so what do you want me to do? Like, make it work with one of these fucking idiots that it's not right with? No. So, like, what am I supposed to do? And then I met Tess. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day. <laughs> the next day, I manifested. But it's true. Like, if I go back in my head, I wouldn't have done anything differently. Like, I, those people were not right for me. Yeah. Were you popular growing up? Oh, good question. Do you think I was popular growing up? I do, but I think you were one of those popular people that was, like, friends with everyone, you know? You were even nice to, like, the people who weren't that cool, and it's, <laughs> I like... I was friends with everyone. I was, like, a people pleaser, like, yeah, but the, like, real cool kids in, like, New York City schools were, like, on the weekends doing, like, hardcore drugs and, like, cool, fancy things where I was playing tennis, so I was kind of, like, a half-assed popular kid. Like, I could just show my face during the week. I, like, got along with everyone. But it was kind of mysterious. Like, oh, yeah, Hannah does her tennis thing. I feel like the really cool girls, when I would hang with them, were so not fun. Like, I was a little too goofy to be mm-hmm. with really, really cool girls. Because I feel like the really cool girls were so boring in that, like, they never were awkward. They, like, always had it together. They always, like, were talking to the right people. So I was, like, a little too much of a goof to actually fit in but I like always would have one girl who was like my home girl so we were like always together and then I'd be friends with like anyone that's sounds right like I never was alone that checks out but I never what'd you say I said that checks out because we're all sitting here like nope a little too weird to be cool totally get it I was I was 
they couldn't put their finger on it but I was a little too weird and I was like a little bit of a tennis nerd where like I was like I didn't drink until later on so I was like fun in class like could make people laugh I would like get attention from guys kind of but I was like prude like I had a nice butt that was my thing I had a nice butt I didn't even know what that meant I thought it was weird because I was like I pooped from there <laughs> why would a guy like born a thing when we were in high school yeah like, I didn't understand it. I, like, when we came with, like, the J-Lo, like, that was a thing. But I was, like, guys like to look where I pooped. Like, that's so weird to me. So guys would flirt with me because I had a cute little tennis butt. But I was, like, too nervous to, like, I didn't lose my virginity until, like, 18. So you, then your parents were strict because they wanted you to do tennis. I was also, like, weirdly self-disciplined and, like, wanted their love so much and thought, like, the more successful I was and where they loved me. Like, it was just, a, in my household, we didn't value, like, we didn't value looks or like I was never called a princess or pretty. It was more like, how are your grades? Are you being kind? And like, how is tennis? So That's you had like good what I was raised. Is what you're saying? I was saying they're good, but like I'm fucked up in other reasons where like I just was obsessed with tennis and wanted to be successful and thought people wouldn't love me unless I had success. However, I don't really care about my looks and I believe that people should love me for me. I've gotten heat for it, but I try to preach on my podcast a lot, just being like, if you want to change something about yourself physically, like ask yourself why first before going under the knife. Like, is it because you just need a hug from your dad? Like, is, do you have to have a conversation with an ex? Don't cut yourself open because I really feel like the right person will love you for you. And like, they definitely won't love you if you don't love yourself. Yeah. Is, you know, 100%. I also think it's like, you know, you go under the knife once and then you're like, okay, that looks better. What about this part? What about this part? And I know yeah. people have gotten mad. They're like, Hannah, you don't have anything like, really insanely off with your face that people would be like whoa she needs like you're getting bullied I totally get that but I mean there's a bazillion things I could change about especially reality tv and it also gets so accessible like I'll get someone be like hey I'll give you like a free you know teeth whitening and you get there and they're like you know we could just shave this part a little and we could add this and by the way like we have Botox like right now I could give you a little truck it gets so accessible it's like a drug I'm saying no to it all because once I start like why not Oh, you did a little thing in your nose? Why not do that? Next thing you know, you look like a fucking reptile. Yeah, I'm already so in debt with credit cards. I'm like, I can't even, I can't even go down that road of like self-help beauty. <laughs> but I really think like the most attractive thing when a girl walks into a room is when she feels comfortable with herself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, it really is like, no one's like, oh, she's such a cute, no, no. You were like, I like the aura that girl has. And I think that also helps with dating. It's just like having that aura. That's what connects you to people that's that x factor of your like uniqueness rather than being like oh she looks like every fucking girl on instagram yeah my brother told me that he's like hannah your problem dating is that you're too mean you come across as mean (laughs) because uh our family thing is when we get nervous we just get shy and like rude i guess and i was yelling at my brother i was like don't fucking say i mean i'm not fucking mean and then it was just (laughs) for a moment we both burst out laughing i was like okay i'm a little mean well, when I first met you, we had, like, a story of our first meeting. We both, like, remembered it very differently. I remember thinking, actually, that you didn't like love you didn't love me. I didn't think you hated me, but I was like, she's not a fan. She's not into whatever I'm serving. And I remember you being quiet, but then, like, getting along with other people. And I was, like, kind of trying to maybe, like, be like, oh, are we getting – okay, we're not. That's good. It's cool. I'll <laughs> focus okay. energy that way. I'll just <laughs> go this way. But afterwards, you were like, oh, no, like – it was great. I was like, yeah, good time. No, I just get nervous. Like the pride thing. I just get nervous that every, I just assume, cause I wasn't cool in high school. I don't know if that's clear, but, uh, so I assume everyone's not. Oh, wow. Thanks. Oh, also, also 
I forgot to say, I went to three different high schools. So I also was always like the fun, new, shiny toy that didn't have to like actually get in with any groups. Like okay. it could fuck you up, but like it was just like I came halfway junior year and just Wait, like was there for a year. Why did and a half. you do that for tennis or because your parents were? Yeah. Busy? So for 10, I was at a school for eighth and ninth grade and then I moved to Florida at a tennis academy for two years and then I went back to New York City so like I kind of never had to like really get into the high school scene I was like the fun girl from Africa (laughs) (laughs) but meeting you I guess I just was very intimidated so I in my default is to be quiet and so people are Mm -hmm. like oh I didn't think you liked me it's like oh no I just didn't know what to say and And my default is being loud like when I'm nervous I'm like nonstop like blah, 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 blah. so then our like two um communication styles were like missing each other <laughs> I was just kind of like no I really I really liked your energy I was like this is great and then I just felt nervous the whole time I was and like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna leave but I love what's happening but I'm gonna remove myself <laughs> I was like these people are also I felt that like you guys were all comfortable with each other I was like I literally I was like I need to get out of here before well, I because I have known you from Instagram and I'm because I'm like coming up in the comedy scene I'm like kind of a nerd with like oh what cool female comics are out there and what are they doing so I think I followed you maybe I like some of your tweets or something so when I saw you I was like best to make a new friend and then I was like okay okay I gotta work work her over a little (laughs) no but I feel bad because I'm like I like her a lot it went well I think (laughs) like that didn't go well at all it's so funny how people who are quiet you immediately think like oh they hate what's happening right now like they wish they were anywhere but here where like sometimes you're just like listening enjoying the enjoying moment it. a little sh- in your own head maybe but not for yeah. any negative reason yeah no I saw I was laughing with Skylar before this what we were laughing about is I hung out with my friend from high school who I'm, I haven't seen in like 10 years and um I had hit on his friend years ago so I was like paranoid that he thought I was creepy and I was like you know I was creepy that one time and he's like do you want to talk about it I'm like maybe we should talk about it and he was talking about me at a wedding to a girl who I was so drunk and I was trying to be nice to because I was like I just wanted to like me she went home to her husband who I went to high school with being like, I think Hannah wanted to have sex with me. And so that's been the rumor for like eight years that I'm a lesbian and trying to have sex with this guy's wife. And I was like, I was literally just trying to be nice because I do come across as mean and cold. And I was no, like, you can't be nice to people. I can't be nice because then I'm trying to fuck them. And I was like, who thinks that? And he was like, well, you know, the guys and the girl. I'm like, so our high school just thinks whatever. But I'm like, high school fucked up. It fucks people up. Like, our parents fuck us up like high school like myspace top eight that shit fucks you up and i do think i benefited from like being in new york city like we didn't have like a neighborhood like no our neighbors didn't know our shit like i went to all these different high schools like i never felt like there was not a community that like talked shit about each other it was very like i just could do my own thing and i would bop around and leave and now social media people follow but i I don't really have like yeah gossip group which is kind of nice that could be shady yeah. yeah, it can be shady, especially when you're not in the gossip group. <laughs> or maybe there is a gossip group, and I'm just not in it. Yeah, maybe actually everyone is. There's a big rumor about you that's just not true. <laughs> so I would clear this up because it's called Twitter. You can look at Twitter. <laughs> so true. Um, okay, I don't want to keep you too long, but I, what I do want to leave. What I like to leave on is: um, Do you have one secret you don't want your mom to know? So I tell my mom everything in, in like a bad way. Like it, I even know, like I shouldn't be telling her this, but she's like the one person that doesn't have any other motives. Not that people are like out to get me, but you know, like someone projects their own shit onto you or she just is honest with me. So I tell her everything. However, I do lie to her whenever I forget 
my birth control or if I like don't use a condom because like she has anxiety and I don't need to give her more. I'm already stressed. I'm going to get pregnant. So I will not tell my mom in a sexual encounter when I'm describing it to her because I will be like, oh, I had sex this dude. (laughs) But if she's like, did you use a condom? I'd be like, obviously, mom, I'm not stupid. (laughs) She'd be like, did you? do you forget your birth control? And I'm like, no. And then I hang up the phone and take like four pills in a row. Just tell me, please don't. Come in. I'm not on anything because I'm currently alone, but like, and apparently I'm lesbian, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I'm surprised that you don't have an IUD. No, what, why birth control? No so, IUD. I was using pads until I was like 19. Like no, my mom, this is like what they use. I feel like birth control, I went on it probably like, I guess when I got my first boyfriend, and then I like kept it, and I use a very like low estrogen, low hormonal yeah, one. I do the same thing. So I, I mean, but some people I think do have big reactions to it. I personally don't have a big reaction to it. Like some people get like super moody or super depressed, or so you have to find out what's right for you. I but think yeah, I'm I, the only thing that's keeping me sane, so I can't go off of it. Like that's what's holding this whole thing together. The second that those hormones are out of my body. Oof. Skylar doesn't speak a lot, but when she does, she drops the fucking truth bombs. <laughs> she goes, and that's a wrap. Wrap it up. See you later. It does, like, help with, I guess, regularity and, like, also yeah. makes my skin good. Yeah. But I don't even know. Don't go on it. Anymore. Yeah, I'm on Valtrex. I can't also be on birth control. <laughs> it's the right martini. Pick and choose. The right cocktail. Exactly. Um, okay, well, thanks so much for doing this. Um, do you want to plug your handles and Summer House comes oh, out? Oh, yeah. Summer House is airing this week. Get hell excited. Yeah. If you liked our rambling, you can check out Burning in Hell. Um, Hannah was on it. She had a great episode beginning of quarantine. You have me laughing so fucking hard. And Giggly Squad is my other podcast where it's more pop culture oriented. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Um, and then it's very natural banter. And we try to give like little scoops that we're not allowed to give, but we get in trouble sometimes. And then also follow me at Being Burns on Instagram. 